You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Interactive reporter at Adweek, Brian Morrissey, goes on the record online. In a lot of ways, it's kind of uh, overblown, this, the death of a 30-second spot. I just think because it's, it's symbolic of like old-school advertising. Now, will it be 15 seconds? Will it be, in some cases, five seconds? Will, will it be a two-second ad that leads to a longer-form ex- video experience? Maybe. But, you know, the challenge for advertisers is to adjust to that. And thank you for downloading another episode of On the Record Online, the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. If this is your first time listening, we do in-depth one-on-ones with journalists from the mainstream media, as well as, from time to time, conversations with bloggers, podcasters, and newsmakers. And the subject is always how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt the mainstream media business as we know it. My name is Eric Schwartzman. I'm your host, and I'm also the founder and chairman of iPressroom Corporation. We have a web-based content management system that lets non-technical people, like marketing executives and PR people and administrative assistants, uh, conduct and implement uh, online marketing campaigns and interactive PR campaigns uh, to reach online audiences. And I am also personally and professionally fascinated at how technology is changing the way organizations communicate, and the way people consume media and information. Today we have a one-on-one with uh, Brian Morrissey. He covers uh, Interactive for Adweek, uh, the well-known advertising trade publication. Uh, And uh, we're going to talk quite a bit about uh, new media and uh, how advertisers are coping with uh, some of the challenges being presented by social and new media. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention, uh, if you're interested in uh, learning more about how you can integrate blogs and podcasts and RSS and other new media into uh, an online marketing campaign or an online PR campaign or a mainstream a PR campaign or marketing campaign, uh, you might want to consider a class that I've been recruited to teach at UCLA Extension, an introduction to new media PR. The class will be held uh, on main campus just across from Royce Hall in Los Angeles on the UCLA campus uh, at Dodd Hall. We're going to start January 24th, 2007, and we're going to go for five Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., and we're going to bring in some fantastic guest speakers. We've got Sally Falco and Phil Gomes of Edelman going to talk about blogging. Uh, We're going to have Dan Klass of The Bitterest Pill and Tim Porquin of Podcast Brothers uh, talking about podcasting. And um, uh, we're going to have also uh, uh, Rob Barrett, the GM of LATimes.com, talking about uh, online media. Uh, So if you are interested in attending the class, uh, you can enroll uh, at the website www.schwartzmanpr.com. If you go there, you'll find a link where you can link over to UCLA uh, Extension and and enroll in that class. Uh, So if you're interested, I hope to see you there. Um, uh, The other thing that's kind of interesting, if you've been following the the YouTube fiasco where a student at UCLA 
actually videotaped with his uh, cell phone uh, another student uh, being harassed or rather arrested by UCLA campus police. Uh, it actually led to a bit of a, uh, of a, a public relations crisis for UCLA. And we're actually going to use that as an example in the, uh, in the class of how new media is changing the way organizations communicate. And I think you'll find that quite interesting as well. Uh, so now we are going to play for you the interview with Brian Morrissey after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from my press room. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. Brian, thanks for taking a moment to do this. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So walk us through a day in the life as an ad week reporter covering interactive. It's interesting because I, I work for a magazine um, that's covered the advertising industry for, I don't know, 30 years or so. And, and it's covered the traditional advertising industry as it, as it exists really still to this day. And interactive is just so much different. Um, like my colleagues cover, they just have a set of agencies that they cover and the things that go on at those agencies. And compared to other industries, I feel like the advertising industry hasn't gone, hasn't changed that much in in many years. So agencies, until the internet and digital media happened, you know, were doing pretty much a lot of the same stuff, which would be, you know, three creative guys go off in the back room, they come up with an idea, and then it gets made into ads, which typically were TV ads, and then you throw in some print ads and. More recently, uh, you add on a website and some banners, um, but that's all changing nowadays. So, for me, I end up having to cover a lot more, uh, you know, of the startup world, and it's kind of Silicon Valley meets Madison Avenue, I guess. Bob Garfield, who's obviously such an influential reporter in the world of advertising, uh, wrote the cover story about YouTube and the current issue of Wired magazine. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact words, but it was something like, you know, there'll be blood in the streets on Madison Avenue. What is he referring to and why so much tension? What's going on? Well, um, he might be selling a book he's writing, so there's that. But I think, you know, what what Bob is getting at is something in, in his own uh, his own publication, which is Advertising Age, which is a competitor to Adweek, uh, which he laid out the the chaos scenario, and uh, you know some of that is just that there are so many ad messages coming to people, and people have the ability to ignore ad messages uh, so much that right now advertisers are kind of left in a quandary about how they actually reach uh, reach their consumers, and you know YouTube is very symbolic in just that it's people consuming media when they want, sharing it, really taking control. Advertisers love to come to conferences and say the consumer is in control, but deep down, uh, I don't think they really believe that. They don't treat, they don't treat the consumer as being in control. And YouTube is, is kind of showing that. And uh, it's a little scary because, you know, YouTube got bought for, what, $1.65 billion? But um, there's very little advertising on there. They don't make much money in advertising. And that's the big... That's a big challenge and I think opportunity for uh, advertisers um, and their agencies is to figure out a model 
um, for advertising in places like YouTube where they don't alienate uh, their customers. Well, given that there's no shortage of uh, pundits out there predicting the death of advertising as we know it, mm -hmm. and given that your job is keeping your eye on what's going on in this sector on a daily basis, do you believe them? That advertising is going to die? Yes. Uh, as a consumer, I would, I would love to. <laughs> Because I mean, I I kind of approach this as almost like as an outsider. I, I'm not. I think sometimes like trade reporters can feel like they're part of an industry. Um, I don't feel like I'm part of the advertising industry. I, I cover it, so I feel like I'm definitely part of the consumer industry, if it is, which is just the regular person who sees too much advertising and sees too many bad advertising um, and gets kind of bothered by it. I don't think you know advertising is not going to go away. Um, I think. The form it takes is going to change. I, I think that a lot of the changes we're seeing in digital media is going to make it more relevant and more useful to people. I think, you know, the, I think one of the biggest examples of that is Google, and you know, Google is able to build this incredible business based on the idea that their ads are so targeted and relevant to people that people choose to click on them. Yeah, and it seems very simple, but this is kind of a foreign concept to advertising. And they're used to getting in front of people, whether that's when you're turning the pages of a magazine or watching a TV program or listening to the radio. Um, this idea that the consumer actually has to choose to listen to your message or to read your message is, is, is new. So I don't think advertising is going to change. I think uh, the form it takes is, is going to change, and technology is going to be a big... Uh, a big factor in changing that. What about the 30-second spot? Does that live or does it die? I don't know. I mean, it, the 30-second spot as a 30-second ad, I don't know. Eventually, it might, it might die, I guess. But, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, it's kind of uh, overblown, this, the death of a 30-second spot. I just think because it's, it's symbolic of, like, old-school advertising. Now, will it be 15 seconds? Will it be, in some cases, five seconds? Will, will it be a two-second ad that leads to a longer-form ex video experience? Maybe. But, you know, the challenge for advertisers is to adjust to that. And their agencies will adjust. I think, you know, everyone beats up on advertising agencies, and I certainly criticize them plenty for being, you know, just churning out 30-second spots. But, you know, it's not like they want to just tell a story in 30 seconds. Um, they'd love to have more time. They can do it in less time, and they can do it in different forms. So um, I think we're going to see video become more important for advertising. I don't think it necessarily will be a 30-second TV commercial. Um, I think it's going to become a lot more targeted, and I think it's going to become a lot more relevant to people. So you mentioned old-school advertising, and certainly part of that is buying media. Yes. So do you think what we're hearing about these uh, technology companies creating marketplaces, auction places where, where mm -hmm. you can bid on, on media and sort of demystifying the process of buying media. Yeah. Do you think that will t make a dent in, in the business that, media, that uh, agencies are doing, buying media for clients? Do you think clients mm -hmm. will intermediate them, yeah. disintermediate them, I should well, say? Well, I think, you know, that's always the fear of any business. You know, everyone looks at the travel agents and um, no one wants to be the, travel the next uh, travel agent and uh, get put out of business by uh, a technology platform. 
that said, I don't. I think you know, media is a little different. I think a lot of these uh, systems you're talking about, um, these platforms like Google moving into all sorts of different forms of media. Um, you know, eBay is getting involved. Yahoo will, and Microsoft absolutely is with Ad Center. And you know, the idea behind these systems is you go into their these systems and you can easily create ads and put them across any uh, number uh, of media. I I think what is I don't think it's going to disintermediate agencies that work for large Fortune 500 businesses. The, those businesses are not going to do it. The complexity that's in media now is is going to benefit agencies because they're they help they help their clients figure it out. What it will do is it's going to level the playing field with small businesses. I mean, you see Google has some 500,000 advertisers. I mean, that's unbelievable. These are people that were never able to advertise before outside of the yellow pages that now all of a sudden are doing internet advertising. Well, now if Google can make allow them to do radio advertising or maybe even video advertising, you know, when TV just becomes video, then you've got a situation where because ad messages are so targeted to maybe just like a few hundred people, you have a situation where you have, you know, a small business that's able to compete on the same level as a large business. You know what I mean? Because it's so targeted. So I think it's gonna open up the advertising, it's gonna make the advertising industry larger, but um, agencies are still going to um, handle, you know, Fortune 500 accounts for probably, I won't say forever, because it's bad to say that, but for a long time. There are so many uh, new media evangelists out there poking holes in the accuracy of measurement systems like Nielsen and Arbitron, saying that they're not accurate. But then at the same time, you see things like click fraud with Google. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that uh, if you were to compare the accuracy of traditional media measurement to new media measurement, uh, do you see um, strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. for both? And if so, what are they? Well, I mean, I should say, I mean, I, I work for Adweek, and we're uh, part of VNU, which uh, um, has Nielsen, um, which is the standard for TV measurement and, and radio and all sorts of different traditional media, and they do internet, too, although it's a little bit different. Um, uh, I think, you know, in many ways, digital media is held to a higher standard because it is so, it's, it is so trackable. Um, I think the days of Nielsen, um, you know, basing advertisers are buying potential audiences. They're, they're, it's it's for real guesswork. I mean, people are still filling out diaries. My my mom is filling out a diary right now in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania, based on what. And the idea that Procter and Gamble is spending uh, their ad dollars based on a, uh, you know, my mom filling out a diary and many other people is kind of. It's kind of weird and scary to me. Um, you know, Nielsen will change. It'll become more trackable. Anytime media becomes digital, it becomes a lot easier to measure. And you just hope that that measurement then ends up meaning it becomes more accountable because there is a difference between being able to measure something and then actually making it um, measurable. But I think, I think what we'll end up seeing is all advertisers are going to become direct marketers in a way. You know, this idea of pure branding and, you know, that it's just image is not going to hold. We already see advertisers, they're looking for a response. They're looking for something that they can measure. You know, um, I, we had a panel today, Eric Bader, from, uh, who's an executive at MediaVest, was saying, you know, Continental, Continental's not running ads online to video ads even. They're not running ads in order to build their, um, you know, image 
They're, they want to sell tickets. They absolutely do. And if, if possible, they want, to, they want to sell business <laughs> class tickets. So we're going to see more advertisers just because it's, it becomes so trackable and measurable, really just you know, measuring it based on results. Um, Given that you are on a day-to-day basis tracking the industry, writing stories, um, what surprises you the most about what we're seeing? I think what surprises me the most is the human factor in all of this. Because sometimes I think when you look at these things, it becomes, you know, you get caught up in the technology and the platforms and, and the new things and stuff like this. And then you say, why isn't changing faster? You know, you come to these conferences and you hear about all these new things and you meet new companies. And um, yeah, at the same time, most of the money goes into TV ads still. And I think what when you get under the covers, you realize that you know it's still human beings that are making a decision at uh, all of these companies and at agencies, and it um, the shift is slow. I mean, the mind it's hard to change. It in a way, it's almost generational. It's not that you know a 55 year old can't um, be all hip to the internet or something like that, but it's hard to change uh, organizations. Um, and I don't think it matters what organization it is. So it's just going to take a lot of time, I think, to change, um, which is almost kind of a relief because it seems like, you know, new things are coming at you every day. You know, it's, it's podcasting one day and then it's vlogging and then, you know, we're all talking about web widgets and things like that. But um, I think one of the things it's important to realize is that it's just it's still there's still a very high human factor in all of this. So let's say tomorrow you were head of marketing for a major automotive manufacturer, mm-hmm. anyone, and they're coming out with a new car, coming out with a new car around Super Bowl, and the heat is on. You've got to sell these things. You're making them, and you've got to sell them, or you're going to have some real problems. Uh, you know, where do you put most of your money? How much of, of, of the money do you put into new media, and how much do you put into mainstream media? And just that, just that part of the equation, let's focus mm-hmm. on. How do you split the pie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to play the, uh, you know, the, the people at agencies, I asked that same question too. And they say it depends because <laughs> it does. It depends on who your target is. If your target is, you know, um, my mom, you're not going to put it all into digital media. You're not going to build, you know, a place in second life. I, I don't know if that's going <laughs> to, if that's going to, uh, sell you, uh, Sell you all the cars you want to you want to do. You know, I mean, you th- you do a mix. You look at where you you fish where the fish are. I don't. It's you know, in talking with agencies and, and advertisers, and you know, actually auto advertisers, you would think they're the most um, you know traditional and stuff like that. They've actually been the most aggressive with their digital strategies. You know, Daimler Chrysler extremely aggressive. Um, the American auto companies, their problem is, is certainly not their ad strategy. I don't think um, some of it could be better, but it's it's more of a product problem. But um, I think, you know, if, if I think, you know, certainly they know that they need to increase the amount of money they spend um, online. But at this point, I mean, advertisers are just trying lots of things. It's, this is a period of a lot of spaghetti. It's being thrown against the wall. And what do you think about what you're seeing with all the Second Life stuff? I mean, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think that's going to stick? I mean, um, yeah, Second Life's really interesting. I mean, I think right now uh, we're seeing a lot of um, we're seeing a lot of press releases. I think a lot, a lot of times um, it's it gets a lot of attention uh, for someone to do Second Life, and I think it, it's a low cost of entry. I mean, something like this for you know General Motors uh, just started a uh, 
Motorati Island. You know, they want to build a car culture and second life, and they're going to give people land to build things. It's a really interesting project. Um, but, you know, it probably cost them $100,000 total. It's, it's nothing. It's a drop in a bucket to these guys. Is this going, are they going to be able to learn from this? Sure. I mean, who knows what the next version of the web is? I mean, the next MySpace, I think, is going to look a lot more like Second Life than it will look like what MySpace is today. The flat web is definitely going to, you know, there's going to be more like 3D. But, you know, is that, is that going to be Second Life? I don't know. I mean, to me, it still feels a little D&D, for lack of a better word. <laughs> so, final question. Um, you mentioned that uh, the number of messages being hurled at consumers today is upwards of 3,000. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- how do you cut through the clutter? As, as we move forward and as new media becomes more ubiquitous, how do you think advertiser messages will change to capture the audience's attention? I think they'll change mostly in two ways. And it's interesting because I'll get back to it, but I, I hope it's more towards one way. I, it, one way that I think they're going to change is they're going to become more Google-like. And by that, I mean that Google has made an, a, a great business on providing very, very targeted, very, very relevant commercial messages to people that people treat as content. I mean, you talk to you know, friends and family who are not involved in the industry, and they, and they say, how does Google make money? You say those little links out to the right. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, sometimes they're useful, and I click on them. I said, oh, well, that's how Google makes money. And um, advertisers are going to have to be way more relevant. They're going to have to target their messages to people. And they're going to actually have to give them information that they want. And I think the second way is going to be kind of the same way that advertisers have always um, operated, which is to create compelling um, content, you know, whether it's funny um, and you know, stunt-like in order to um, you know, get people to take their messages and pass them around. I think that's going to be a dominant. I think you're going to see a lot less interruptive advertising. I mean, 30-second ads, you know, it's, it's not totally dead, but you know, we're still going to be bombarded with um, you know, messages on buses and stuff. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. One more question. I, I, I lied. One, one last okay. question. For those listeners who are in public relations, if they had a story that they thought was a good story for you, genuinely a good story for you, mm-hmm. what would be the best way to get that information to you? Um, I would say to email me. Um, it's bmorrissey at adweek.com. It's M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E-Y. Um, I get a lot of pitches and stuff like that. And I, I'm, I'm always receptive to ones, um, particularly from people who you know, know what I cover and know what I... Um, write about and am interested in based on the past uh, things I've written. And, you know, I'm most interested in, in how, how advertisers are using you know, new forms of digital media in order to reach customers in uh, what are hopefully non-intrusive ways. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.